in the high desert in the great American Southwest. I'm Art Bell. Slamming into your radio like a supercharged nanoparticle of unobtainium. My name is George Van. I'm Richard Serrett. This is Connie Willis. I'm George Norrie. Welcome to Coast to Coast Day. It's great to be here. Welcome to Coast to Coast PM, the number one unofficial Coast to Coast AM podcast. We are two brothers who analyze the world's largest overnight paranormal radio show known as Coast to Coast AM. My name is Paul. I'm the one that listens to this inexplicable radio show here with my brother. Hey, it's Chris and Paul. I sure am excited for another great episode of Coast to Coast PM tonight. Oh, and do we have a doozy for you, Chris? We are going to be listening to Art Bell's interview from April 7th of 2004 with Michael Horn, the official authorized media representative in the United States for a man named Billy Meyer. Okay, now who is Billy Meyer? Billy Meyer is the founder of what many call a UFO religion that is referred to as the Free Community of Interests for the Border of Spiritual Sciences and Ufological Studies. That's one heck of a name. Yes, and it's uh, very long, even in Swiss and German, uh, which are some languages that he does mess around with. Uh, He is a Swiss citizen, also speaks a lot of German, apparently. Well, yes, that makes sense for the Swiss. Now, he also says that he is the seventh reincarnation of the prophets familiar to the Abrahamic religions. Uh, So it started off with Enoch. Elijah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Jesus, then Muhammad, and he is the seventh incarnation, which is Billy Meyer. (laughs) William Meyer, the next in the logical line. Is he Jewish? No, he is not. Okay. Christian guy. Uh, He's he's his own religion. He's his own religion now that's UFO-based. Yeah, he basically just borrowed from the Abrahamic religions. Okay, but added aliens. But added in a lot of aliens, yeah. Uh, mostly, mostly aliens. aliens. Mostly it's, aliens. It's all aliens at this point. So, okay. and this guy's still kicking. So we're gonna be running through this this whole story of Billy Meyer and all of the evidence because he had an enormous number of photographs, he had tape recordings, he had a lot going on as proof that he was in fact in contact with aliens. I'm going to be quite honest. I need a better prophet than Billy Meyer. It's just not a very inspiring name as far as the prophetic names. Well, get this, though. He only had one arm, so that is interesting. That is interesting. It's a great, but, like, we need a stage name for this guy. He should have gotten a stage name, but uh, he he did lose his arm as a bus driver in Turkey because he was hanging his arm out the window, so... He should have got some prophecy about that part, but, you know. Before Jesus like, met the first couple of apostles, he was Meyer Lansky. And they were yes. like, Meyer Lansky, not going to catch on with the people. Why don't we sub- try something a little bit more? I'm thinking Jesus Christ. It's got a ring to it. Yeah. Well, they're Chris. Gonna lo- bef- they're going to love it in the Spanish-speaking community. Before we get to that, though, we got to check in with our good friend Tim Benal at the Coast to Coast AM blog. Tim time. Today's article. Indian village on edge over shadow entity sightings and strange home disturbances. Another win for the Indian subcontinent on Coast to Coast PM. The country of India has the best paranormal stories. 
Paul, are you subtly trying to tell the listeners that you're a Hindu nationalist with all these Indian stories? That's mostly what I'm getting at, dude. Modi's okay. my boy. Yes. Let's rock it. I'm going to be moving to India soon, so it'll be great. Perfect. I do want to go visit though, so we should plan that trip. From the article, Panic has gripped a village in India as several residents say that they have experienced strange disturbances at their home and two witnesses claim to have seen a shadow entity that some believe to be behind the mayhem. Shadow entity. Paul, that's not very descriptive. Hard to really uh, gauge what kind of being we're dealing with here. Well, and as we learned during our Shadow People episode, shadows can come in the form of a human. They can come in the form of hat man. They could be bugs. They can be spiders. They can really be anything you want. We learned very quickly that anything can be a shadow, Paul. Yes, we did. The Erie case reportedly began shortly after the start of the new year, when someone or something began knocking on multiple houses in the community of Kampung Kapis. Now, the question becomes, is Ding Dong Ditch a game in India? I would assume so. That just feels like anywhere where there's a doorbell, there's going to be a child ringing it and running away. I I think that is a guarantee we can put on. We're going to we're going to give that the coast to coast PM seal of definitely happens everywhere in the world. The peculiar phenomena quickly took an unsettling turn following an incident at the home of resident Haslinda Hasim. We heard a sound, she recalled, like something had dropped or fell outside the house. When subsequently she looked outside to find the source of the noise, the homeowner was astounded astounded by what she saw. Oh my goodness. All right. So we got a huge boom. This Indian lady comes out and she's like, oh my goodness, what, what could this possibly be? Uh-huh. According to Haseem. Go ahead. Oh. According to Haseem, looking outside her home was what she described as a shadow entity crawling along the grounds. You you hate if you're going to see a shadow creature, you hate to see them crawling. I don't want it crawling. I want it walking. Walking is pre- preferable to anything crawling, slithering. I don't want to see a shadow slithering, mm-hmm. crawling. I don't want to see it going up into the corner of my room, Mm-mm. and then just kind of s- sitting there like a bat, almost about to pounce on me. Walking is preferable. I recently watched uh, the new Insidious movie, Red Door. And the scariest part of that movie, which was not very scary, was a dead spirit lady who was crawling backwards. Terrifying. Not a good sight. Backwards. Doing things backwards also (laughs) is way more terrifying than it should be. Yeah, I don't know why that's so scary, but it really scared me. Um, Initially, I thought that it was an illusion that my eyes were playing tricks on me, she said. Then when I saw it again, it looked right at me. It got up and ran towards the main road and disappeared. Okay. All right. That's interesting. That is interesting. What else do we got? So there's got to be a little bit more to this story. If I know my boy, Tim. <laughs> Following the unnerving encounter, Hasim claims her home has been targeted by the mysterious phantom, including one incident wherein it seemed as if the being was trying to scratch its way into the residence. Don't like that. Because that also confirms it has to be invited in. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of like a vampire. Don't love that. Oh, I always hate when reports line up with lore. Yeah, that's not good. Her okay, tale was echoed. 
her tale was echoed by resident uh, Maryam Johit, who shared a similarly creepy account. The question becomes, are we dealing with a trickster god or maybe some kind of minor, minor god entity that wasn't honored in a particular way? Or maybe they've came across their locale and didn't pay the proper respect, maybe even degradated it a little bit. My first, I mean, you've been to India more recently than me, as in I've never been, but you were just there. So you, you'd probably speak to this. My assumption was, number one, we got a trickster child running around and trolling okay. everyone like the previous haunting in India that yes. we talked about. Or number two, straight up shadow person. I don't know. But can shadow people scratch? Yes. Okay, then yeah, it could be a shadow person. Yes, remember, our shadow people did leave marks on people. Was that a hat man or a shadow person? I can't oh, remember. Oh, you're totally right. It could have been hat man that did it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have to go back and listen to our, our uh, episode on that one. It's been a while. Yes. Claiming that her home has been struck by the visitor five times, she Whoa. recounted how we heard the front door gate of the house being shaken during the most recent incident. When her daughter looked to see what was causing the commotion, Joe had said she saw the shadow entity lurking outside the house. I'm not loving the lurking and the crawling and the scratching. These are all very bad words when it comes to shadow entities. This one's very scary, actually. Yeah. No, Tim, Tim played it up on this one. Well done, Tim. <laughs> Chillingly, the mysterious figure managed to somehow flee the scene, despite the home being surrounded by family members, relatives, and other local folk who are attempting to get to the bottom of the weird disturbances. How do you think they were getting to the bottom of them? I don't know. I Well, to finish the story, residents are now calling on authorities to investigate the situation and hopefully bring peace to the village by putting a stop to the inexplicable haunting that has plagued them since the start of the year. What authorities do you go to to stop shadow entities? I mean, I think much like our last episode, you got to find a good parapsychologist. Or you got to find yourself a good priest. Or a good priest. Those are the two options. Those are your two options. And in India, I imagine you're going to find a lot more priests than parapsychologists. I feel like well, a parapsychologist is a very Western idea. Uh, yeah, I think so. What's the witch doctor situation in India? Is that a thing? I didn't I didn't see any, but I wasn't looking for them. And I, <laughs> I thought it may have been rude to ask, what's the witch doctor situation? Okay. You can't just ask that when you go to a new place. I ask in every country I go to. Yeah, I thought about it, but I figured maybe this isn't the right location at a wedding to ask, where's the witch doctor for this wedding? That's fair. We don't have, uh, like, witch doctors around where I'm in Virginia, but we do have granny magic. Granny magic. I have yeah. seen a couple. Funnily enough, in the city I live in, in South Carolina, we they aren't allowed to have fortune tellers within city limits. Really? So as soon as you leave city limits, there are several different... Uh, fortune tellers at like the culmination of the city limit dude that was like growing up in a dry county and like there's all the booze stores on the county line but with the all it's just like it's fortune, fortune tellers. tellers it's fortune tellers 
tarot card readings tarot card reading fortune tellers they're all not allowed to ply their trade within city limits that's such a bummer that's some like weird old school christian laws too old school south dude and they just have refused to take that one off the books you can't let the fortune teller in town run him out on a rail i was shocked when i read it wow wow well Learn something new today, Chris. Uh, now for some quick housekeeping. You can support the show by going to patreon.com slash coast to coast PM, the exact URL that you would think it would be, and sign up for as little as $2 a month to keep our lights on, keep this podcast running, pay our electricity bills to help the bike stay powered. Uh, you can honestly support us doing the most simple thing of all time. Just hit subscribe and give us five stars, okay? We had some Flat Earthers tank us on Spotify when we got passed around the Flat Earth forums. So help us with that Spotify score um, and make sure to hit the subscribe button. Helps us out with the algorithm and tell friends about us. You can reach me at c2cpmpod at gmail.com. You can reach Chris at our Coast to Coast PM on Reddit. And I think that's everything. Well, the Flat Earthers didn't even put up that much resistance. I mean, it was really only enough to knock us off like 0.3 down. You know it's, what I yeah. mean? It wasn't even, I mean, you guys did a great job like stifling whatever hate we were getting from the Flat Earth community. Yeah, I, you know, and here's the thing, man. We've gone after a lot of people on this show. Most of them have actually been really cool about it. Yeah. The Flat Earthers were the most sensitive. They didn't like it. Yeah. The um the the one guy who said like that the Zodiac killer was also the Advil killer and the Tylenol killer and I think every killer. He was really nice. He's been the nicest and we were possibly the meanest ever to him. We were not you were not nice on that one. <laughs> I really did not like what was going on with that episode. And I, I took it. I took it out on him, and I don't know if he deserved it. Yeah, well, he's a, he's a sweet guy, and that's yeah. that's one of those conspiracies where there's literally no impact. It's like, yeah, sure, the Zodiac killer is the Tylenol killer is the whoever. Like, who cares? Um, but Chris, getting to our episode, I think it's time to piss off some members of the um, UFO religion of Billy Meyer. So let's jump into it. What do they call themselves? Um, I think. I don't actually don't know what they call themselves. I think just Meyer fans, Meyerites. I'm gonna let's call, call them. Let's call them Meyerites for right now. That's a good now. thing. I like Meyerites. All right, Chris. So as I mentioned, this interview is not with Billy Meyer. It is with his official authorized U.S. media representative named Michael Horn. Okay, Michael Horn, who's essentially the PR guy for Billy Meyer. He's the mouthpiece of Billy Meyer for a very long time. I think he's still doing it, if he's still alive. That's incredible. Okay, and, and when was this? So this is Art Bell, so this is a while back. Yeah, this was 2004. So this 2004. was where George Nori, yeah, Nori had taken over, but Art Bell was like still coming back on the weekends and stuff. Mm -hmm. So to start off, we got to figure out, Michael Horn, how'd you get into this Billy Meyer guy? He's all the way over in Switzerland. How'd you get into this? <laughs> of all the... UFO cases in the world, in the history of the world, really. I think uh, perhaps the Billy Meyer case is the most famous, uh, maybe one of the most contested, uh, one of the most controversial, uh, no question about it, in the world. Uh, Michael Horn, welcome to the program. Thank you, Art. A pleasure to be here. Hey, Michael, with a background like yours, uh, which is kind of in, you know, it's in the media for sure, but I mean, songwriter, book publishing, 
uh, regenerative sit and get fit movements, that kind of thing. How do you get from there to Billy Meyer? Uh, I think I got from Billy Meyer to some of those places. Well, what happened was in, in 1979, I uh, had been living in L.A. for about nine years. At that point, I went into a bookstore called The Bodhi Tree, and I saw the first mm, coffee table size picture book, if you will. It also had text, but mainly the beautiful pictures of the UFOs. And ever since I was a kid, I had dreams of lights in the sky and fascination with uh, spaceships and that type of thing, like probably many other people. So when I saw the book, uh, it resonated. It looked like it was real. Of course, I don't base my current position on how I felt simply looking at the pictures. But they they were the most astounding uh, photographs I'd ever seen of uh, so-called UFOs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Billy Meyer photographs, for those who have not seen them, are the most detailed, close-up, in many cases, totally clear, not blurry shots of UFOs, alleged UFOs, I guess I ought to say, sure. uh, in the world. So having a, uh, I do have a relatively, I've seen a lot of UFO photos. Yeah. In my time. I've probably seen Billy Meyer photos, huh? You you may have. So let me pull up a couple Billy Meyer photos for you, Chris. Uh, because this man apparently just took thousands and thousands of photographs on a 35 millimeter camera um, for decades. And uh, Chris, can you describe what you're seeing here on, on these couples of photos that I pulled up? These are some of the best UFO photos I've ever seen in my life, Paul. They're crystal clear. Crystal clear. There's and for I mean, the first one you're showing me, it's crystal clear. I mean, it. there's no fuzz nothing you can see the the detailed structure of the ufo they're all the kind of circular with a dome top that most of us grew up like drawing as kids yeah yeah very much so and he just has a ton of these so i i pulled a couple examples but they all basically look pretty similar some are a little less clear than others because he's shooting during the daytime and he's using a film camera so it's like a little washed out but overall pretty clear pictures unbelievable say. pictures i would be incredibly stoked if i took one of those let alone thousands of them i don't even need to take one i just want to see one <laughs> i just want to see a ufo is that too much to ask of the world so I have, I have a feeling, though, that these photos are not so crystal clear, Paul. We will find out, Chris, because don't worry, I did I did quite a bit of research into a lot of the claims because not only do we got to talk about photos, we also got to talk about his prophecy. He's got prophecies, too. So much prophecy. I guess a good messiah has to have prophecy. Yeah, like Jesus had prophecy, right? Good, and he had good prophecy. Yeah. A lot, of good, a lot of good stuff. Yeah, so well, before we jump into that, though, we got to get like the TLDR. What's up with this Billy guy that you're so into? What's happening here? The story of Billy Meyer. Who is Billy Meyer? How did all this happen? When? Usual what, where, when? Sure, I'll try and give you the, you know, the kind of condensed overview. Um, Billy Meyer is a Swiss man who claims that his voluntary and face-to-face -face contacts with extraterrestrial humans started when he was five years old. He and his father had allegedly seen a silver-type object fly overhead. This was in about 1942 or so. Uh, he asked his father what it was. His dad says, I don't know, but I think it may be a weapon that Hitler's developing, et cetera, et cetera. Uh -huh. They were farmers, weren't they? they yeah, well, they were always living in a very rural area. He, uh, 
he uh, then one day, you know, having all of this great uh, rural environment in which to grow up, he spent a lot of time in fields and forests, and one day uh, he was outside in the forest, and he felt a kind of, a, he said it was like a calling, like somebody calling to him. Mm. He heard it inside of his head, and so he followed it, and there was a, a pear-shaped craft with an elderly-looking man in what he said looked like a deep-sea diver's suit, standing there, and as he tells it, he said he felt no fear. He felt that this was a kind person. He felt safe, and he went uh, and, you know, walked up to the man, and that began these contacts where he was, uh, you know, taken on board this craft with this man. Sometimes... Okay, you, you say this man. Whose name was Spath. Uh, that may not help matters, but he was called Spath, I believe, that was spelled S-F-A-T-H. But, but a man. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, not a little gray guy, a fully... A human-looking human being. It would pass for an elderly-looking uh, European man. Hmm. So all of the people that uh, Meyer has his major contacts with are uh, human beings. I would imagine that if UFOs were visiting the Earth, Switzerland during World War II would definitely be a hot spot of UFO activity. That's a good point, you know, because that's something that they do say is that UFOs seem to show up in conflict zones, probably a good area for the UFOs to be flying around. Well, and that the Swiss were neutral during the time, so they wouldn't get blasted accidentally. Yeah. So it was probably a good, like, staging location. Yeah, where you could still go out and do your reconnaissance, but you're, you're right. safe for a little bit. Yeah. The other thing I very much love is that these are, once again, just nice, white, European aliens. The, the best, those are the only type of aliens <laughs> I want to see. Apparently, those are the only ones that exist. I don't want any mantis beings or lizards or little grays. I want nice, white, blonde aliens. And when you say that, Chris, I have a couple pictures of the aliens that I'm pulling up for you here. You can see that we have a very nice, white, blonde alien woman. They look like the lead singer, the female singers of ABBA, Paul. They do very much so. They do, actually. <laughs> we'll, and we'll come back to that, because those are two of the alien women that he's met. They're very attractive. Yeah, they're very good-looking women. <laughs> Wonderful-looking women. I'm uh, excited to meet them when they uh, come down off their gray spaceships. Billy's so lucky, he's just getting pulled up into spaceships to meet really hot, blonde women. The, it's a bummer that he has to meet old man first. That is. It's kind of not the, the best way to start off. No. But as he's a child, he keeps seeing these aliens and they keep visiting him, right? So he has a ton of different contacts with them. This is not something that happens like once or twice. It's like constant. Uh, and they start giving him prophecy, which is really cool. He did say that they were telling him things that had to do with future times with vast amounts of information pertaining to different subjects and things that he would be able to access and uh, uh, have you know, some conscious uh, control over and recall later on at more appropriate times in his life. Hmm. That this was kind of, you know, maybe it's the equivalent of you know, downloading stuff into a computer for when, for when you're ready to use it. Mm -hmm. uh, but he said that uh, you know, there would be things that would come to him when he needed to know them and then also that they would, uh, throughout their contacts with him, that they would help him uh, you know, become aware of and, and adjust to things. And they said to him, even at an early age, that this was something that he had agreed to do on a, on a certain level prior to his, you know, coming into this life. Okay, who are these people? Well, what we're told uh, are that they are people who we now are uh, told they're called Play Yaren.
spelled P-L-E-J-A-R-E-N. Not Pleiadians. For the longest time, that's how we had come to know uh, of you know these so-called extraterrestrials. When did you get that clarification? I believe Billy was in 1995 at the point that they were about to officially depart and close up their bases that they had on the planet. They told him that he could now reveal the you know this discrepancy and why it was put in place. Okay, let's hear the real name again, please. Playarin. I love his phraseology of. He would know things when he needed to know them. And I was like, so he had thoughts? Yeah, basically. He had thoughts. And that's what makes him special? Well, and what's great is that that basically means whatever pops into Billy's head, he can then say was seated in his head, and it's right. just now unlocking. Yes. It's, it's great. It's unbelievable. That's I want to get people to think that about my thoughts. Yeah. Was and when he needed to know things, he would know them. Oh, so he would just have a random thought, and then that was scripture. Basically, yeah. That's basically what's occurring here. Awesome. So this guy rocks, I'll say. Uh, but the the Pleiaran versus Pleiadian is very important because Billy was mm. initially calling them Pleiadians. And right. then he found out that's not a real name. Our real name's Pleiaran. And we use the word Pleiadian to trick anyone. So if people start saying Pleiadian, then they don't actually know what they're talking about. They're just lying. They're they're totally hoaxing. So if someone uses Pleiaran, it means they're legit. Playing with language, it's very, it's very like dictatorial, totalitarian. Yeah, it, it is it is very culty. Yeah where you control the language that people use. And yes. a lot of times when Michael's talking, it's like, what the hell are you actually saying? Didn't we hear a lot about that with our Heaven's Gate guys? Weren't yeah. they, didn't they have a lot of like coded language and a lot of inside jokes that they would be able to use to tell if somebody was one of them or not? Yeah, very much so. They had all, they basically make their own vocabulary so right, that when that, you try right. to talk to other people, they can't understand you. So right. you become an increasingly insular with the group because you can't connect to people outside because you, your vocabulary is so completely different. Well, they changed their names too and had a completely yeah. bonkers naming structure. Yeah. And that alone would have turned me off. Yeah, it, it was a little strange, but, um, Art then asks the follow-up question here, which is, is this actually a cult? I mean, if people, in, in fact, I've actually heard that at the Meyer farm or compound or whatever it is called these days, there's almost a, a cult-like, you know, atmosphere surrounding Billy. I, in, in my three, you know, uh, visits there so far yearly, I have not only not observed it as a cult-like following around him, I've had the pleasure and privilege of watching them fight with each other and yell and be very human and go about their business, uh, quite literally. Uh, I don't mean physically fight, but... Uh, when, when you say fight with each other, do you mean the Meyer family or the Meyer family? I mean, Meyer argues with people. They argue with him. Uh, the people there are... How can I put it? You know, these are European people, uh, Swiss, rural for the most part, very down-to-earth people. They don't have much pretense... Uh, Yes, but still, there is a rather large group that no, follows Meyer, isn't there? Not really. There's not. No, no, I can, I'll tell you more. I mean, in, in terms of the actual numbers of the core group around him, 
and they don't okay, all... So there is a core group around him. That's what I'm getting at. Meaning now. that there's 49 people that are affiliated as people who study uh, the teachings and the, and the case and are associated with each other. There's only like 50 people who live on the farm, Art, who, who just listen to everything Meyer says. I, I love how <laughs> that's evidence it's not a cult. It's just like 50 really tight-knit people. That, 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 that all stay on the premise and never leave and only work to help each other. And have a, a have a vocabulary that nobody else understands, and all study the same exact thing. Art, this isn't a cult. It's just a very communal vibe. It's just they're very communal, all worshiping one guy. That's what. That's the, why would you think this is a cult, Art? Come on, it's just one guy who says he's the Messiah. This, that's not weird. What is strange about that, Art? What is what screams cult to you about any of these activities? Well, so we've established definitely not a cult. Okay. 100% not a cult. I also like that, like, again, to like stop that it's a cult is that they're European. Oh, and yeah. Like, you literally, the, the word cult comes from Europe because you bastards can't agree on anything. There's a lot of undertones of legit racism in a lot of this stuff where we have really nice European aliens. Everyone's really European, so it can't be a cult. Yeah, it can't be a cult if they're European, Art. There are some really weird comments in, because he keeps a, Billy keeps a record every time he interacts with aliens, and he basically just types down what the conversation is. And there's strange references to, like, race mixing that also make me a little uncomfortable. Uh, so yeah, I don't really dude, know what the vibe is here. But... You start talking about miscegenation, dude. I don't know yeah. if I can follow any longer. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i'm not not gonna say billy's a great guy here but you know it's the aliens fault because it's coming from them right um so what's the evidence for this though chris because this is not about what michael thinks he says he has hard hitting facts about billy and about the fact that this is all real that uh billy meyer and the ufos uh, well billy meyer is real but the, the ufos really exist i mean was there any uh, of course there are the photographs how many in in Totality. Uh, it is said that Billy took upwards of 1,200 photos in about a three-year period. Right. Enormous number. And, you know, Art, when you think about this, uh, this is either going to turn out to be, and people have to determine for themselves, the, the greatest hoax in all of human history or, hands down, simply the most important story. There's really It's one uh, of the two, yes. Yeah, it's, there's no middle ground. If this is real, if it's true, it's the most important story, and then we're going to find out why it's happening and what people are, and what are we supposed to do with this information. But I, I'm going to address what you've just raised, and that would be, uh, you know, the proof. The, the, the proof. Are either I'm the most gullible guy on the planet, <laughs> or this is true. Yeah, yeah, basically. Those are our only two options. Yeah. Right? I'm either, I can't, I'm just like, uh, what? He's either faking it all, or it's true or. Yeah, it's it's interesting because Michael's basically like an apologist for Billy Meyer, because that's also an apologist argument for Jesus, of like, right. Jesus had to either be a, a liar, a lunatic, or the Lord. 
right and it's like this like weird i'm gonna box the conversation in so i can make it work for me um and it feels similar to what he's doing where it's like this is either the most important thing to ever happen since like another messiah came or he's a crazy man it's all fake but like it's definitely yeah. not fake it's like no man there's a whole lot of wiggle room in between these things yeah there's a lot of other stuff that could be happening there's a ton <laughs> of stuff believe me i've watched a lot of cult films <laughs> There's a lot of middle ground in yeah. between what's going on here. Because that's, you know, that's one of the things, right? Is that I think one of the things that makes the most effective cult leaders are people who actually believe what they're preaching to people. Yeah. Now, they may understand the power dynamics and they may manipulate and they may do some of this stuff, right? Abuse their power abuse their control over people but at the end of the day the best ones actually believed what they were preaching it's like um you know we did an episode with uh dr Tabor on david koresh uh, and waco and the branch davidians i fully believe that david koresh believed that he was the messiah i really don't doubt that the the thing is was he though you know what i mean right. and i think everyone there also believed he was the messiah otherwise they wouldn't have been there right. so yeah there's 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 a gradient here of what's going on and again, so, there's probably there was probably a gradient of belief in the yep. in the branch Davidians, right? There was probably, you know, like the core group who was super into David being the Messiah. And then there were probably some other people being like, Well, I don't really know if he's the Messiah, but I don't really want to leave my community. Yeah. I'm in this deep. I can't right. back out now. Right. So you just kind of force it on yourself. Yeah. Uh, which I think is a theme that happens a lot, like, you know, Jonestown, uh, right. you know, uh, uh, the heaven's, heaven's gate people. Are you telling yeah. me there, there weren't some people who had second thoughts about killing themselves? Yeah. And Although, we know there were. Yeah. Oh, the Dr. Tabor would not be happy with us folding in them with heaven's gate in Jonestown. So I know. <laughs> my I bad. Know. Um, so Chris, there are quite a few other people though, who do think that Billy is a fraud including Billy's ex-wife, which classic Ooh. situation. Ooh. Fargo, North Dakota says his ex-wife has come out to denounce yeah, him yeah. as a fraud. Okay. Yes, uh, the evidence is overwhelming that the whole Billy Meyer story is unquestionably, absolutely, completely, and totally 100% bogus case closed. Right. Well, let's, let's, re let's visit the, the story of the, the ex-wife. All right, let's. Um, and let's go back to the original investigation when Wendell Stevens, Lee Elders and Britt Elders and Tom Welch and other people oh, yes. went over to Switzerland and they actually spent a total of six years investigating the case. Uh, they interviewed, I believe it was 15 or 16 people, including Meyer and his wife, and they put uh, these 15 or 16 people separately through lie detector tests. During this process, all of the people came out as truthful. Mm -hmm. The questions involved, uh, did Mr. Meyer see spaceships? Had anybody else there seen the spaceships? Mrs. Meyer passed the lie detector test saying she'd seen them. And all right, well, then what happened? Well, I, I mean, you know what? Here's the beauty of the Meyer case. It, it conforms to one of my uh, dearly held axioms or principles about life. Wherever human beings are involved, things can and will get screwed up. Yeah. So Meyer is a human being and his wife's a human being. After 30 years of marriage or whatever it was, they are fighting with each other and uh, they got divorced. Can you imagine if Jesus had an ex-wife? <laughs> that would be messy. <laughs> putting him on blast, dude. Just like, this joker ain't the messiah. 
He can't even clean after himself. Honestly, yeah. So that's basically what's happening is that ex-wife's firing shots. Jesus chewed with his mouth open. He's not some messiah. That is like the son of God chewing with his mouth open. Yeah, so I, I also just love the fact that the polygraph came into play. Because I also believe that those people fully passed the polygraph because they right. probably believed it at the time. Right. So that's not really shocking. Also, polygraphs are kind of trash. So, you know, whatever. Yeah, so that, I mean, uh, okay, whatever. So there's some marital strife that's not, like, the most awesome. But I will say this. Dude is a true believer. I mean, he is going in full PR. Like, you can see this watching the, the White House correspondence, right? Like, oh, yeah. Th this guy is a press relations person, and he is doing his best to say Israel isn't committing a genocide in Palestine. Yeah, and the thing with Michael, too, is that he does go into um, some more evidence about the photographs and how he submitted to skeptic organizations and they haven't been able to perfectly reproduce the photographs. Therefore, the photographs have to be legit, is what he's saying. Right, right, right. So there's a, there's a lot of wish casting that this guy's doing. Uh, and we, we at Coast to Coast PM are smart enough to see through that. Yeah, we know exactly. We listen to enough of these people that we know what he's doing. Yeah. So... He talks a lot about the skeptics. I'm not going to get into it, but basically he's like, I sent him photographs. They couldn't make a perfect carbon copy of the photograph. Therefore, these are legit. Yeah. And exactly. that, yeah, that right. is something that people say, too, is that these photographs are real photographs, right? They right. are actual photographs. But the question is, are they actually depicting a UFO or is this a fake UFO that he like tossed up in the air and snapped a picture? Yeah, because they they the pictures look too perfect. Yeah. They really do look too perfect. And it's almost if he sees as if he's creating art out of these pictures. It's like the, the U yeah. it's like staged UFO photograph art. And the UFOs also look like the depiction of a UFO from the 70s, right? right. It doesn't look like right. what we put in sci-fi now. It's very old school sci-fi. Right. Right. But again, we've we've commented. Maybe they've been updating the models for decades. It's true. It's true. So what, you know, we're seeing this and it's like, well, you know, this, the, the model looks different now. And it's like, well, yeah, so does the, so does the Ferrari. <laughs> it's true. So, well, does, so does the Corvette. Corvette looks completely different than it did in the sixties. Yeah. Maybe they're just updating constantly. Who knows? They would learn. They would learn how to better perfect over time. They would have new variables coming in, inputs, that would change the outputs that would happen. Very possible. Maybe the pictures are real. Right? Maybe they're real. Let's find out more, Chris, because we got another point that we got to get to because we talked about the pictures a lot. We got to get to the prophecy. Yeah, that's you're right. You haven't hit me with any prophecy yet. I got it lined up. Don't worry, baby. Let's look at the, exactly what you've asked me. In these documents, I also said to you that there was very interesting information. And what that information constituted um, was a specific scientific and world event-related information uh, of the nature of wars, assassinations, earthquakes, um, terrorist activities, scientific discoveries, a broadband spectrum 
of unique and specific information covering a wide variety of areas. Why do you think this information, in other words, a, a, a sort of a whole slew of whole slew. predictions in time to come were delivered That's to Billy? What, what was this for? Was the well, purpose this, of this um, to validate the information period? Was that the idea? Here, well, though they didn't exactly spell out why we're doing this, here's what I figured. And, and I'll come back to this so we can actually explore what that information was and satisfy some people's curiosity, hopefully. What, what was occurring was this. Um, in my estimation, they created what, what is really a 30 to 48-year record of impeccably accurate information for the purpose of these times, specifically in my mind, that we would, once we came into contact and awareness of this material through various means uh, hearing Myers, uh, hearing him speak, or reading his books, or videotapes, or what have you, that people would then say, wait a minute, this information is impeccable, it's accurate, and I'll get to the idea of the random error uh, theory in a moment. That didn't tell me anything. This guy, that's this guy though. Okay. He talks so much and doesn't say anything, and it drives me insane. That was incredible. I sat there and I was like, okay, what are you trying to tell me? I listened to two hours of that, dude, and it was brutal. <laughs> that was particularly brutal, but that was also, that is PR guy. Yeah. Like, that is just, you just talk in circles, and everyone's like, my mind hurts, so I think I was told information, but I don't know what information I was told. Yeah, and then it's just, your brain turns to mush, and you just are like, yeah, I guess, whatever. Yeah, whatever you say, guy. So one of the things that he says that he predicted um, was ozone depletion correlated with nuclear bomb testing. So that was one of the predictions that he got in the 50s. Uh, but I pulled some other ones where he actually gets into the prediction, so we'll jump into those now. Um, in 1975, when Meyer was ostensibly being shown Venus up close and personal in a, in a craft, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, he was also casually remarking that the mountains down there, there was a mountain that looked to be comparable in height to what he said was the highest mountain on Earth, Mount Everest. At that point, Semyaze, the uh, woman that he is uh, being contacted by and traveling with at this point, says, excuse me, but you're wrong. Uh, Mount Everest is not the highest mountain on Earth. Now, this is a little incidental, but bear with me. This is a 21-year jump. She said, no, no, you don't measure it right. Mount Chimborazo is the highest mountain on your planet because you have to truly measure, since the Earth is elliptical and not perfectly round, measure from the center of the planet, not sea level. Okay, 21 years later, in the 1996 issue of Earth magazine, they reported that now scientists have confirmed that Mount Chimborazo is the highest mountain on Earth. But that's a small little thing, 21 years. During that contact, Meyer was given specific information about Venus, unknown at the time, which included the composition and percentages of atmospheric gases, the surface temperatures, the depth of the cloud bank. That's impressive, and, and all of that... Was uh, corroborated a, a, a year later by both the probes from the U.S. and the USSR. Where did... Uh, slow down. Yeah. Where did Billy write all of this? In these contact reports, see, what happened was... After he would have meetings with these people, yes, he would come home. And remember, now he's a man with one arm. They had recorded everything, and since he was a child, he had been taught over 1.2 million symbols to recognize symbols telepathically. This is where it gets 
even more, you know, amazing, outrageous, whatever you want to call it. Well, what they would do is transmit back to him the entire conversation, not in English or German, but in symbol form. And while he was translating it in his mind from symbols to German, he was typing it simultaneously, often for hours at a time. Dude, this is really starting to sound like Mormonism now. Dude, isn't that so Joseph Smith looking to a hat? <laughs> that was, well, no, they're golden tablets, but only I can read it because God is translating the tablets simultaneously while I'm reading them into English. Yeah, yeah. That's bonkers. And that's, and that's bonkers that you would think that that was something that would aid into your explanation as to why Billy Meyer was truly the Messiah. Yeah, this guy's like, this makes total sense, y'all. But again, I mean, that was kind of the Mormon thing where they're kind of like, no, you don't understand. He had gold tablets. And I was like, can I see those gold tablets? Oh, no, no, no. He lost those tablets. Those don't exist. Okay. And... This makes this this make you believe you this lets you to believe this. Yeah, I, it, it's one of those things where it's like, why don't they just print off a transcript? Like they're sending images into his head. Yeah, and then he's deciphering the code of the conversation he just had. Well, and they've been talking to them this whole entire time, and I'm assuming they're talking to him in German or English. Yeah, yeah. So, why, yeah, why don't they just send it to him in German? But no, it has to be over two million symbols. Well, and, he started, and he started seeing symbols any, everywhere. And it's like, so he was schizophrenic. Yeah, so he's a crazy man. <laughs> well, so, Chris, we got some weird predictions about Venus and mountains in, on the Earth, right? So let's get yeah, to some... Yeah, those were random. Those, those were, were very random. random. Very random, also, but also again, I kind of liked those predictions. <laughs> I was a fan of like, give me some predictions that are insane, and it's like, well, actually, Mount Everest isn't the tallest mountain. You've been scienced. Let's get to some like, uh, okay, events predictions. Okay, all right, let's get to them. These are the things that were in there which had not yet occurred. Let's hear it. Jonestown Massacre, overthrow of the Shah of Iran, Soviet invasion of Afghanistan, the Chinese invasion of North Vietnam, oh. the death of Tito of Yugoslavia, Mount St. Helens eruption, the abdication of the Queen of Holland, the death of Indira Gandhi, the Iran hostage crisis, and the terrorist attack on the Iranian embassy in London. And Wendell Stevens and two other men have witnessed it and signed off on it, and those events occurred after their possession. That's impressive. Not too shabby. That's really impressive if the, the document time is authentic. Those are big calls. Those would be gigantic calls. Those that's those are major events that shook the world. Yeah, and he he apparently called all of them. Very impressive. Do we have any corroboration that he made those claims? We'll get to it at the end. Oh my god. We'll get to it at the end. Okay. So do we have any future predictions, Paul? Like things that maybe were going to So he's doing this in 2004, right? Yeah. Was there anything that we get told in 2004 that was supposed to happen like now-ish or maybe a little bit in the past? 
yeah, let's let's jump to that because he does offer a couple things that should be coming very soon. Very soon. So like in the 2020s, 2030s. Things that we would have already seen. Oh, we would have already seen these happen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. To something in the middle of a page where it says, and it will be that the fanatics of Islam will rise up against the countries of Europe and all will shake and quiver. This is from 1987. Everything in the West will be destroyed. England will be conquered and thrown down to the lowest level of misery. And the fanatics and warriors of Islam will retain their power for a long time. However, not only Europe will be affected, but ultimately all the countries and peoples of the earth as the great horror expands to a war that will encompass the entire world. After the turn of the millennium, the papacy will exist only a short period. Pope John Paul II is the third from last in this position. After him, only one additional uh, pope will follow. Then a Pontifex Maximus follows, who will be known as Petrus Romanus. I think other people have said this too. Under his religious rule, the end of the Catholic Church will come, and a total collapse becomes inevitable. I, dude, I, I love when they say that Francis is going to be the last pope, dude. I love it. Well, but the problem with that is, is that Francis is a pope. He's saying that Francis wouldn't be a pope. It would be like a pontifex Romanus. He ain't finished yet, bub. I mean, I'm that He's seems still pope, dude. But he shouldn't be pope. Benedict would have been the last one. I think that's a technicality. I think we may be looking back on history here and see all the moves that Francis did that created Pontifex Romanus. Okay, so we, we need to wait for Pontifex Romanus. I shouldn't yeah. call that out yet. You're not calling that one out on Chris's time, dude. I'm not going to allow that one to happen. All right, well, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, a lot of anti-Muslim sentiment. Uh, I heavy, dude. This is 04. <laughs> yeah. This is 2004. Or we just got into Iraq. A lot. This is very anti-Muslim. It makes me uncomfortable. It was. It was a lot there. It was a the, lot. Calling them a horde is bad. Not good. Not good. What do you do? You, how are you thinking that's going? I would say that he's got the class of civilizations down. Yeah, I sort of. I don't know, man. I don't think. And also, playing out like this at all, though. But the UK, I, I did like that the UK was going to be, like, diminished. And they have been diminished conquered. as well. Conquered. He said conquered. He did, oh, you're right. He did say conquered. The, they were going to be conquered by Islamic radicals, was what he said. That's not quite what has happened. Not even close to what's happened. I would argue that them leaving the European Union... Is a significant thing. We, that you are force fitting into this. Uh, am I? For, am I? Am I? That's not what he said. A, am I becoming a Meyerite? Yeah. If if Iran invaded England tomorrow, then I'll give it to you. Okay. That's what he's saying occurred. Okay. Or we'll will see. occur. I'm just saying on all those, he's still getting a we'll see from me. If he called out that the West was about to go to war with like China and Russia, I, I would give him a lot more brownie points. I'm going to, I'm still giving it a, we'll see. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Who knows? We do have some world war three predictions though. Ooh, what's he got there? 
right now with what they're saying here because this affects potentially you and me. Of course, of course. They are talking here and it says, um, and this will point towards the possibility that a third world war could develop from it if human beings as a whole will not finally reflect upon reason and become reasonable and undertake the necessary steps against the insane machinations of their governments and military powers, as well as their secret services, and call a halt to the power of the irresponsible who have forsaken their responsibility in all areas. If this does not happen, many small and great nations will lose their independence and their cultural identity and will be beaten down because the USA will gain predominance over them with evil force and bring them down under her rule. At first, many countries will howl with the wolves of the U.S., partially due to fear of American aggressions and sanctions, as this will be the case with many irresponsible in Switzerland and Germany, but also of other countries. You realize this sounds very anti-American. Yes, it does. As I say, they're equal opportunity defenders, but I'm focusing on this at the you know at the risk of people being upset because you no, know, that's right. I don't want you to. I ain't uh, backing off of it because this is what's in there. No, I don't want you to back off it. Okay. I just want. I, I'm just making note of how it does sound. At, you know, absolutely so. And Meyer has uh, survived 19 documented assassination attempts. Meyer hit it on the head on that one, dude. I mean, that wasn't a bad. T- <laughs> My, and that was in 04. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. in 04. Yeah, that that. That was a very good take in 04 and has happened precisely as Meyer anticipated it. That I will give him that one. It was like when I went to France and I'm at my host family's house and I am just sitting in my room studying, listening to my my host brother listen to N Words in Paris over and over and over again and he's trying to i can hear him trying to say the words and i was like american hegemony is dominant it's complete when my host brother is trying to learn an american rap song over and over and over and over and over again and learn the words to it so he can rap along to it and show it off to his friends yeah, yeah, we we're really good at that. Meyer hit it on that dude. The Meyer rights that very prescient, great call. I, I don't need to hear anything else, dude. I might be a Meyer right. So yeah, the the American aggression thing came up uh, quite a few times after this, and that was the one thing that really annoyed Art was the anti-Americanism because once again, two thousand four. We're at our peak crazy. We're like, let's go into a rock. Let's roll. Like, There's art o- did not like that. <laughs> 04 is when Wesley Clark comes out and says, they are going to go to war with the whole Muslim world. They yeah. have seven countries that they want to bomb the crap out of. Mm-hmm. And he gives them all. And they're all Muslim countries. Just ready to 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 roll, dude. Drop those bombs. So, so, these are not bad calls in 04, dude. That's what I'm saying. This guy is he is an understand he understands geopolitics. He's not a not intelligent person. Like yes. this is not easy to pull off what he's doing. Yeah, this is pretty good stuff. Well, let's jump to a caller, Chris. We've got a caller that's that is a pretty good question here. 
Yes, sir. Uh, I, I'm not saying I, I believe or disbelieve any of it. I've been listening to it since the show started. Uh, one thing, or a couple of things I'd like to make a comment on. Uh, first of all, I think you're 100% correct, and the, the rest of the world does see the United States as, I believe, anyway, if anything I hear from the news, that they were better than everybody else, and I can see how they would think that. Mm-hmm. But uh, on a couple of notes, one thing I heard him talking about earlier is he's uh, one set of photographs that were taken. He would go off into the woods or whatever and bring back these negatives to these people who were waiting for it to do the test on it. Yes. Why didn't these people go with him in the woods to see it along with these other 100 people? Um, that's, that's, that's all right. Good point. It's a good uh, question. Thank you. Uh, yeah, why not? Here's, why not have group sightings? Well, there were. Uh, it, the invest, you have to understand that by the time the investigative team was over there... But, I mean, why let him wander off by himself? Well, part of it was the protocols that they set up. They said, sure, there are going to be other people that you, you can photograph the ships. Many, As I say, there's 100 witnesses to the ships, but... Uh, they said, "Look, our meetings are strictly going to be with you and with you alone. For you know, okay. too many cooks spoil the broth. Right. But for instance, Guido Musburger, who's the author of that book, uh, the new edition, and still they fly. He took photos of their ships. Freddie, this guy who's a cook over there in Switzerland, that I said was outside. He and 15 other people were sitting around snapping photos. Dude, sometimes the coast listeners are on it, though. Yeah, yeah." Because that's they, what would happen. Like, they'd send investigators over, and he would disappear into the woods and come back with rolls of film and be like, I took photos of UFOs, so you can look at them now. Right. And it's like, and why Why was that happening? Yeah, why wasn't anybody with him when the photos were taking place? And I guess he's trying to say, well, there's plenty of witnesses and plenty of people who saw the crafts, but it was always Meyer taking the photos, it sounds like. Yeah, it was it was Myers' photos that everyone's talking about. Those are the only ones that are available to anyone. And yeah, like, and it, and it sounds like some other people may have taken photos, but those are nowhere near as famous as the Meyer photos. And I have not been able to find any other photos. So to be honest, this guy can say whatever he wants. He can say that yeah, all these other people took photos. Where are they? I, right. I like he was not bringing them up. He did not have them accessible. Like, that would have been more impressive. It's like, no, this wasn't taken by Meyer. This was taken by all these other people. He never presents that as evidence. He never sends that to any skeptics. It's only Meyer's photographs. And that would be something, if they had it, they would promote it, I think. Yeah. Why wouldn't you use that? Like, oh, yeah, yeah this was just Steve's photos. Look yeah. at Steve's, too. They're yeah. the exact same. Exactly. So, okay. Callers are on top of the game, dude. Crushing it. And we got one more caller, but this one kind of buys it. This guy's into it. Well, from what I've heard, I've, I'm actually I'm convinced that uh, that it's legitimate. Um, the you know the prophecy, I mean the parts that you know he had already uh, said these things that have come about. I mean we should take into account what he's what he's saying is coming. We don't even need a a, a prophet to see what's coming. These things are pretty obvious through anyhow. It's true. I mean we're we're heading downward and we have to turn around here. We're wow. just being told for what it's worth by some other folks that it's going to be worse than we can imagine if we don't make the course correction. And they were pretty on point there too, Paul. Yeah, I mean, a lot about what Meyer said was like being environmentally friendly and like yeah. stop blowing things up. Like, so all that's like, yeah, like, sure. Um, definitely yeah. should not do those things. And like we're, we're ran by insane people that want to go to war and the mm-hmm. most of the populace doesn't want to go to war. Yes, yes, and yes. But, Chris, 
you ready to uh, get into a little bit of research on these photographs and how much of this is actually legit? Baby, you know I love when you go into the research. All right. You know that ex-wife we talked about? Yes. In 1997, she started spilling the beans on a lot of this. Uh-oh. So she shared that the photographs that he was taking of UFOs were actually spaceship models that he would craft from trash can lids, carpet tacks, and other household objects. They look, it looks like household objects. It really it does. And it looks like things that you can find around your house. And remember those two women that I showed you, Chris, uh, that were aliens that he met with? Their names were Asket and Nira. The Abba ladies. The Avaladies. And that was actually really interesting that you said that they looked like the Avaladies because his wife also spilled the beans that these two women were actually Michelle De La Fave and Susan Lund, who are members of the singing and dancing troupe, the Gold Diggers. Yes! I knew it! Whoa! So that's he, them. That's them, dude. That's oh them on God. television. That's this the is, exact picture. He took a picture of them on his television and used black and white film and zoomed it in and made a little blurry and that was his aliens that's really good it's dude. literally the same people it's and you caught the exact same picture that's incredible we gotta put well, this is all gonna be in the show notes yeah and this what's is great, all gonna be in the show notes what's great is that there's a ton of examples of this because this you have to remember this was pre-internet right so like when when um our boy Michael comes on, like the internet's a thing now, but Billy's been doing this for a long time. Right. He would take pictures of NASA photographs and say that they were images that he took from alien spaceships, like looking at Venus or looking at Mars. And it was just a carbon copy of a book that he took a picture of. Right, right. But at the time you couldn't like do a search of all pictures and say oh this definitely came from the 1976 nasa picture of venus yeah reverse image searches did not exist right. so he would also take pictures of artists renditions of what they thought planets would look like when we didn't have really clear ones and then present that as real as well yeah saying that i actually took this picture exactly that's Which is awesome. <laughs> That's so good. Dude, this guy. The, the Swiss are the kings of swindling. It was. It's such a good swindle. So there's actually a website that is focused on fully debunking all of Billy Meyer's prophecies. And it's called BillyMeyerUFOResearch.com. So to pull directly from them, they break down exactly how he went through and forged these prophecies and these photographs. So basically what they say is there are four patterns in everything that he did when it came to prophecies and predictions. So all the things that we talked about, he also claims to have predicted 9-11 too, right? So number one, uh, publish information on events or discoveries that are vague, open-ended, recyclable, catch-all, shotgunning, or statistically likely or unfalsifiable. And we've so, seen it a million times, right? Just yeah. people who are really good at understanding the motions of history exactly number two publish information only after the occurrence of events or discoveries but misleadingly with an older publication date printed on it i.e a date that is older than the described event or discovery and often either ex explicitly or implicitly claimed to be the first person in the world to announce it 
if people are prophesizing in the past, we're always skeptical, right, Coaster Knots? Always got to be skeptical, baby. Yeah. I predicted this 10 years ago. <laughs> you can say whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> All right. Number three, publish information that is already or later proven to be baloney or erroneous or that is considered to be downright pseudoscience or myth. As a result of this, Meyer gets his specific details wrong in exactly the same way scientists and others had it wrong at the time Meyer published it. Ah, uh, so that's that's saying that he says something along the lines of maybe like some kind of like health thing. They're like eggs are really good for you. And then it mm -hmm. turns out eggs aren't that good for you. Exactly. But everybody yeah. thought eggs were really good for you at the time. Yeah, you're very clearly a product of the year that you published this. Right, right, right. I like that one a lot, dude. That's yeah. a tricky one. That's a good one. That's a tricky one. And the fourth and final one, either slip in new specific details or alter the texts conveniently in later reprints or editions of the self-published books in order to make it accord with the latest information or scientific findings that invalidates the earlier published information. And these new and altered editions are published misleadingly with only the first edition publication dates printed on it instead of the latter edition publication dates along with the former. Dude, our newspapers do this. It's called stealth editing. <laughs> they do do that a lot. <laughs> they do it all the time. Like they went to the conspiracy theorists and they were like, how can we do what you guys do? So to be fair, they're covering up their mistakes in a little bit of a different way. They're not saying that they're prophesying. They just mess up and they're hiding it. But it is really bad practice. It's really bad journalism. And it does happen a lot. It happens all the time. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's Billy Meyer level of bullshit, but it is a pretty high level. Of bullshit. It's, dude, it's still big enough bullshit for me, man, that I don't <laughs> believe them ever. I have it like any time that anybody comes out with breaking news or anything, I'm like, I'm going to give it three days before I read anything about it. Oh, it's always wrong. It's always wrong yeah. that first day. Uh, but Chris, that is the story of Billy Meyer, the Swiss man on a farm who has been prophesying the future, but really it's all complete utter nonsense. I don't, I see, I I don't say it's utter non nonsense because the dude did make some good guesses. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he had some good stuff in 2004. I do think, I am curious though, is that a product of being Swiss? Because I yes. feel like a lot of people were saying, why is the United States doing this? I think we all just had a brain bug after 9-11 for like a good five years a brain bug the, that led to the destruction of like two countries the swiss have a have a great view on geopolitics because they have remained neutral for so long yeah and they're kind of like we trade with anybody and we do business with anybody but what that means is that they do business with absolutely awful terrible people and so that makes them feel as if they're better than everybody else but at the end of the day, they're pretty good at reading geopolitics. Like, you got to give it to, to Mr. Meyer. Billy Meyer can read geopolitics very well. Well, Chris, on a scale of one to five members of the 1970s group, the Gold Diggers, how, what do you give our boy Billy Meyer? I'm going to give it two <laughs> members of the Gold Diggers. It 
like I said, he had some good stuff, but you're totally right. Those pictures do appear to be as if they were created by household objects. Like they're, yeah, they are crisp and they're clear, but they're not. I hope that isn't what the UFOs look like if we see them. They're kind of lame. They're not awesome. And so I, I'm expecting, and I could be, I've been ruined by Hollywood and I've been ruined by artificial intelligence now. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe that is what they look like. And I will be a little disappointed, but I don't think so. I think Mr. Meyer and the Meyerites missed the ball on this one. Can you imagine if they actually come down and land on the White House lawn in those lame ass UFOs? Oh, Everyone's gonna be like, "That's your ship, that's really, it, dude? We got, we, we got cars that look better than that." Yeah, dude, come on! Like, have you seen the F sixteen? That's a badass looking plane. That's a sweet look, dude. Our our, our stealth bombers Very look cool. better than some of those UFO pictures. Yeah, not the coolest. Well, I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give billy a four out of five for the hoax quality yeah. because honestly this is impressive good hopes the amount of work this man has put into it and he's still putting out contact reports is wild um i'm gonna give him a one out of five members of the gold diggers as a person because this is a truly shitty thing to do that is real than like actual human beings 49 people on your compound is nothing to shake a finger at that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people doing work for you. I don't have that. No, I don't. Yeah. So I guess kudos to Mr. Meyer and the yeah. Meyer rights. Well, there we go. That is the story of Billy Meyer, Chris. Um, I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, any last thoughts here? I I don't. Leave, I have nothing to say. <laughs> we'll see you next week then. All conspiracy all the time. Later.